flow is a staggering third of all U.S. states seeing their highest levels since the pandemic began. In Wisconsin, where cases are soaring, a field hospital activated on state fairgrounds. Is this the second wave? The final day of questions for Amy Coney Barrett, the heated moments, and what she said when she was asked, could the president pardon himself? The massive inferno at an apartment complex, visible for miles, the flames so intense they cracked neighbors' windows. Newly revealed, the second 911 call from that Central Park confrontation, the new charges she now faces. Just hours left for Prime Day deals. Will the online sales boom during the pandemic spell the end of Black Friday? And the final mission, our exclusive access inside this historic launch. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening. As President Trump claiming immunity from coronavirus hits the road for another rally this evening, back home at the White House, First Lady Melania Trump is breaking her silence about her own diagnosis with the virus and revealing for the first time the couple's son, Barron, had tested positive for COVID-2. The virus shadowing the race for president with under three weeks to go. Tonight, in what was supposed to be the eve of a second presidential debate, the candidates instead are preparing for separate but opposing televised town halls. Jeff Bennett has late details. First Lady Melania Trump tonight detailing what she calls her personal experience with COVID-19, revealing in a statement that 14-year-old Barron Trump tested positive for coronavirus. Naturally, my mind went immediately to our son, the First Lady writes, after learning that she and the President contracted COVID-19. She says Barron initially tested negative, but the teenager was tested again. The result? Positive. She says her son had no symptoms and has now tested negative. As for her own symptoms, the First Lady says they were minimal, though they hit me all at once, and it seemed to be a roller coaster of symptoms in the days after. She says she had a cough, body aches, headaches, and was extremely tired. Unlike her husband, whose symptoms were more severe, Melania Trump did not go to the hospital and did not receive the same course of treatment, choosing instead what she calls a more natural route, relying on vitamins and healthy food. The president late today speaking to reporters. Barrett's fine. We're heading out to Iowa, and we have a big rally. President Trump on the campaign trail tonight as he and Joe Biden both make a play for more senior support. Polls showing the president's standing among older voters slipping, in part due to his handling of the pandemic. Why do you throw super spreader parties at the White House? How many of you have been unable to hug your grandkids in the last seven months? With NBC News announcing today that President Trump will take part in a town hall event Thursday with Florida voters in Miami, moderated by Savannah Guthrie, the same time that Joe Biden will be participating in a televised town hall of his own. The two were supposed to hold their second debate Thursday, but the president dropped out after organizers announced it would take place virtually following his COVID diagnosis. And NBC News said today it received a statement from the NIH, including Dr. Fauci, concluding with a high degree of confidence that the president is not shedding infectious virus. Lester? All right, Jeff, thank you. Troubling new warning signs tonight about the pandemic and the number of cases rising in dozens of states. Some areas now running low on ICU beds as a drug company CEO discusses the timing of a vaccine. Our Miguel Almaguer has more. Tonight is the troubling number of new COVID infections soars across the nation. One third of our country is now reporting some of its highest case counts since the start of the pandemic. 
in Oklahoma City, there are no open ICU beds. States like Utah, with a dangerously high positivity rate, on the brink of crisis. But Utah is now facing its most dire episode yet in this epidemic. With the number of Americans hospitalized in Midwest states like Iowa hitting new records, the nation is set to soon break 8 million confirmed infections. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has pledged $125 million to fight COVID. Well, the rest of this year will not be normal. And, you know, the sooner we deliver that somewhat bad news to people so they can get ready uh, for what will be a tough fall, the better. According to a new national survey, most Americans are worried about social unrest tied to a COVID resurgence and elections. 52% already have or plan to stockpile food and other essentials this fall. We have our, you know, full bag of rice just in case. <laughs> Lots of sardines, a few things like that. While there are some signs of progress, this week brought setbacks to both a vaccine and an experimental COVID treatment. Eli Lilly pausing a clinical trial after a safety concern. Some Americans are worried that vaccines and treatments are being rushed. What do you say to that? We are moving as quickly as we possibly can. Maybe what, to reframe the question, they might be worried about is are we skipping a step to rush things to market? And the answer is no. In another sign of how resurgent the virus is, states like California are asking families to stay home on Halloween. Cities like Beverly Hills are outright banning trick-or-treating. With Dr. Anthony Fauci advising families to think twice about mixing with anyone outside their household for Thanksgiving, tonight measures are being taken to avoid another deadly wave of infections. For Sabila Khan, who lost her father six months ago today, the holiday brings heartbreak. The idea that you're not alone is On May 27th, reported COVID deaths in Wisconsin peaked at 22. After that, the number dropped. Maybe the worst is over, Trump thought. Then the fall hit. We thought we dodged the bullet, but lo and behold, here we are on the 1st of October, and this virus has come back with a vengeance, and we're in deep trouble. On Tuesday, a new state record, 34 reported deaths. The nurses at Aspire's hospital in Wausau bear witness. People are dying every night, and there's nothing we can do about it. This virus is just eating them, and we're trying. We're doing everything that we can. We've had several people come in here and be very sick, that all we did was watch either grandparents. I have grandparents. I have a bunch of my grandchildren. This is larger than them. Eight months into the pandemic, a nurse in Green Bay worries public support for them is slipping. Multiple deaths multiple days in a row. Um, it's really hard to try to stay positive when the community itself isn't really got your back. They don't believe it exists. They don't do what we do. Health workers repeating the same advice hope it may finally sink in. I ask you as the public to wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Please just, just wear a mask, socially distance, do whatever you can not to test this. Today, a 500-bed field hospital opened to take the strain off the system. It's the same one Wisconsin decided it did not need to open back in May. Stephanie Goss, NBC News.
Let's bring in senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres. John, there's a heated debate right now about how to end this pandemic. The big question, whether or not people should be exposed to the virus to develop immunity. What can you tell us about that? Well, Lester, there are two ways of achieving herd immunity. You either vaccinate people or you let people get sick, and if they recover, they develop immunity on their own. Some within the medical community are now suggesting, well, it's time to let the virus spread freely and for the disease to run its course. But history has shown us that this approach could be devastating and deadly, and many health organizations are strongly opposed, with the World Health Organization even calling it unethical. Lester? Dr. John Torres, thank you. On day three of her Supreme Court confirmation hearings, Judge Amy Coney Barrett faced intense questions from Democrats about Obamacare and presidential power. NBC's Peter Alexander is on Capitol Hill for us. In Judge Amy Coney Barrett's final day of questions, Republicans casting her expected confirmation as a groundbreaking moment for conservative women. This is the first time in American history that we've nominated a woman who's unashamedly pro-life and uh, embraces her faith without apology, and she's going to the court. Barrett was pressed on presidential power. I agree, no one is above the law. But saying she could not weigh in when Democrats asked whether a president can pardon himself, as President Trump has insisted. So far as I know, that question has never been litigated. It's not one on which I can offer a view. She was challenged on a 2017 article she wrote criticizing the court's decision to uphold the Affordable Care Act with another case coming up next month. President Trump has been open in acknowledging that he wants a nominee on the court to strike down that ACA. You have said you have not made any agreements or statements to the contrary, but I will tell you, it is a cloud over your nomination. Barrett strongly pushing back. You're suggesting that I have animus or that I cut a deal with the president, and I was very clear yesterday that that isn't what happened. Republicans arguing Democrats who cannot stop the confirmation are instead focusing on the presidential campaign. We've seen that our Democratic colleagues have very few questions actually to raise about Judge Barrett's qualifications. Instead, much of this hearing has focused on political attacks directed at President Trump. The committee is expected to vote on Barrett's nomination next week with the full Senate expected to confirm her along party lines before Election Day. Lester? Peter Alexander, thank you. Here in New York, a criminal charge against a woman who called 911 about an African-American man birdwatching in the park last May and the revelation that she called the police a second time, falsely claiming he assaulted her. With more, here's Ron Allen. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. The confrontation between Amy Cooper and Christian Cooper in Central Park. Mr. Cooper recording with his iPhone after asking the woman to put her dog on a leash in a bird-watching sanctuary. At some point, she decided that, you know, oh, I'm going to play the race card, I guess. Today, prosecutors revealed Ms. Cooper made a second 911 call, claiming he tried to assault her and formally charged her in Raymond Hill virtually with a criminal misdemeanor for falsely reporting an incident to police. In court, prosecutors say Ms. Cooper admitted to police under questioning that at no time did the man, later identified as Christian Cooper, try to assault her. Prosecutors adding that using the police to make false claims was both racially offensive and designed to intimidate. Everything's threatened by a man in Peru. Please tell the cops. Back in May, she apologized. It's unacceptable. Today, Cooper did not enter a plea. Prosecutors say they're devising a program to have her take responsibility for her actions and also educate her. 
today, Christian Cooper called the case a distraction, saying his focus continues to be on fixing policing and addressing systemic racism. Meanwhile, Amy Cooper's case continues in court next month. Ron Allen, NBC News, New York. Now to Texas, where an investigation is underway after a massive fire tore through an apartment complex today. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez has that story. A massive fire just north of I-10 at 99. The three-along inferno lit up the sky near Houston just before dawn. This a $30 million apartment complex under construction, up in flames. Never seen a fire like this before. Residents in a neighboring complex owned by the same company say they could feel the scorching heat. Feel the heat. Firefighters had trouble finding water pressure. So some of the debris that was coming off of the roof in the, in the smoke was coming down and starting little uh, pockets of grass fires. One firefighter was treated for heat exhaustion. No one else was injured. If you're standing in front of my window in the house, yes, I feel the heat. The heat from the building is cracking the, some of the windows. Tonight, the fire is out as investigators search for what sparked it. Gabe Gutierrez, NBC News. In just 60 seconds, the launch of a holiday shopping season like no other. How Black Friday may look a lot different this year when to get the best deals.